Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Nick Ish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz. The Knicks are coming off a tough loss at the hands of the Brooklyn Nets, 115-122, and we're here to talk about it. And uh, this episode in particular is a special one because this is what we call our Guest of the Month episode, where we bring in the biggest Knicks fans that we can find and have them join our show for an episode. And today's guest is that guy. If y'all follow the Knicks on Twitter, you've probably seen this man laying someone up in his own unique style. But before we have him grace us, want to direct your attention to our website, nick-ish.com. We got the cleanest Knicks fan wear in the market, so copy your Knickish snapback, hoodie, and crew neck today. Now bringing in my guy, Faiz. What's going on, man? How are you feeling this afternoon? Excited, man. Excited to have our fellow South Asian brother with us, you know, talk some <laughs> ish about the Knicks, you know? So get this episode started. <laughs> now, nah, all right, man. I mean, I think we finally got a, a, another brown dude here that's more vulgar than I am. So I'm like, it's a, it's a special occasion. You know what I mean? Um, as you hinted at, uh, I feel like this man doesn't need an intro, but I'm going to try to give one anyway. We got the infamous, the notorious Schwinnie Pugh here of the Strickland who do a lot of great work. And uh, we're excited because I feel like it's been a long time coming for us personally. So welcome. Welcome to the show, Schwinn. How you doing? uh i'm doing well man uh just uh kind of hanging out until until football starts today mm-hmm. uh not a basketball day today's a football day mm. yes sir i mean aside from now but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> aside from right this second yes absolutely well i mean we, we got a lot to cover right so uh Fies, what we got first for for schwinn I mean, there's no way we can we can have Schwinn on the show and not talk about last night's debacle. You know, the, the loss at the hands of the Brooklyn Nets it sucks to say, but nine losses in a row to the Brooklyn Nets, and it, it it's it's real frustrating because you saw the Knicks have life right at the end, and then just Kyrie comes in and lights us up. Uh, but I was just wondering, Schwinn, what are your thoughts on on last night's game? Uh, I gotta be honest, I didn't. I thought the Knicks played pretty well. Uh, I thought they played fine. They had a bad first half offensively. I thought most of their issues defensively were just like individual mistakes. Uh, I thought Randall had a bad defensive game. I thought Obi wasn't locked in when he came in. Um, both of them, I, look, I think I'd have to go back and watch it. Uh, maybe I will if I'm like really depressed and want to be more depressed or something. Uh, but like, I, I think I count at least off my top of my head when I was thinking about it uh, during the game yesterday. I think there were six times between Randall and Obi where they just either went under on a shooter or lost track of a shooter. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the Nets cashed in on all of them, literally every single one uh, from three. I think there were three on Royce O'Neal, two on Utah Watanabe, and then one on Joe Harris. Um, but like, you know, and then Brunson had a couple of rough possessions in the, in the third quarter defensively. But for the most part, I thought like, the team defense was fine. And I know that like I've shit on, you know, Tibbs is kind of like his obsession with protecting the paint at all costs on defense. But I actually thought yesterday, like the defensive scheme was fine. I thought for the most part, most of the guys executed it fine, but every time there was an individual error, they got punished. 
And, you know, look, if you go back and watch the game again, like the Nets made a bunch of tough shots, like a lot of tough shots. I mean, I think Patty, Patty Mills made like three contested jumpers as soon as he came in. I haven't seen that fucking guy hit a shot all year. Um, I think like what Cam Thomas hit that ridiculous buzzer beater uh, at the end of a shot clock in the second quarter from three. Steph Curry or Seth, Seth Curry made a bunch of contested jumpers like Kyrie is Kyrie. I don't know. I, I didn't really have a problem too much defensively. Uh, and then offensively, I just like the first half. I don't know what like what they did in the second half is what they were trying to do in the first half, like punish mismatches on the inside. But they just went about it in such a bad way. Um, and I think Randall forced a lot of shots yesterday. Not not his best, but not his best game for sure. Brunson missed a lot of shots yesterday that you would normally expect him to make. Um, and I thought he was forcing it a bit, especially in the first half. It just, you can't hunt offense for an entire half the way they did against any good team. Um, and, you know, look, the Nets also just on fire. Like I, I, sometimes you just have to like live with it. And, you know, I don't know. Yesterday was one where I was like, what are you going to do? Like they, they made so many fucking jumpers. They made, it was like anytime they were even remotely open from three, they, they cashed it. Cash. Yeah. They, they hit a bunch of contested ones and like you watch us. And I think Grimes missed a bunch of open threes. Uh, Randall missed a bunch of open threes. Brunson didn't have the greatest shooting game. Like other than quickly, it didn't feel like anybody really had it going at all from three. Uh, Deuce did absolutely nothing. Like he's wide open from three. He can't make anything right now. Uh, Obi wasn't even involved. I don't know. Like, I, I think ultimately, like, if you lose the three point battle to the degree the Knicks did, um, it's just hard to overcome that. And you're definitely not going to overcome it if you just, again, punt on offense like they did for the entire first half of the game, where it just felt like every possession was like some slow, grinded out ISO. And, you know, there are good ISOs, there are bad ISOs. First, if you want to see the difference, Literally watch the first half and then watch the second half. You'll see the difference. Yeah, I mean, I guess that was going to be my next follow-up. Is just like, I guess what changed from first half to second half? Was it just better execution? Were guys just kind of, you know, getting to the spots better to the point where, like, you know, the, you know, Julius was getting his, getting the ball, like, in cleaner and, like, getting able to, like, be able, be able to, like, go to work better than, like, he did in the first half? Or, like, what did you catch that was, uh, you know, the difference between the second half execution and the first half execution? Uh, I mean, I thought in the, I think like the game plan Tibbs mentioned, I think they interviewed him at the end of the first, like between the first and second quarters, um, the game, like we have mismatches, right? They're small. I get you want to attack that. I just, the first half, it felt like we were trying to do that, but it was, it, it was so slow. They were playing so fucking slow. They did not get the ball to the floor with any urgency. Um, I thought Randall let I, I think he's he was getting pissed because he wasn't getting calls. He absolutely deserved to go to the line way more than he did. He was getting hacked constantly. Um and I understand that frustration, but like at some point you have to adjust to the game that's being called instead of the one that you want to be called. And I think he let I don't think I just think he kind of lost control of himself in the first half. And I thought Brunson did a really poor job of like just getting them organized, getting them into offense. Uh, and then on top of that, I thought RJ, like he, he, his second half was really good. And I actually think yesterday was one of his better defensive performances 
that we've seen in a, in a while. Like he he was actually fighting over screens. I thought he did a good job closing out to shooters. Um, for the most part, I, I thought he had a good game. But the first half, especially if you look at the start of the second quarter, uh, some of the shots he was forcing up were just terrible. And it's like, you know, for me, the frustration was more like, I thought when quickly came in, he did a good job of getting them into offense. Um, and I just hate that. Like when he's on the floor at the start of these kind of second and fourth quarters with RJ, I don't think there's any, like we, there was a set where deuce, like deuce should never initiate a set. Like he doesn't need to when he's on the floor with quickly and RJ for sure. And personally, I don't love the the sets where it's just like, okay, it's RJ's time to, you know, run a pistol or just run a pick and roll from the top of the key against a set defense. Like he's not, he's not skilled enough for that, quite frankly. And that's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with it. He's a fourth year player. He's 22 years old. It's, this is not the end of the world that he can't do that yet. Quickly is better suited for it. I think quickly is a better playmaker. I think quickly is a better, honestly, I think he's a better shot maker than RJ at this point. And he's just better suited for that. Like, I think it would make the game easier for RJ and for the team if they allowed quickly more latitude um, regardless of who he's on the floor with to initiate offense. And, um, you know, that that's really, that's about it. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I haven't really loved how Brunson's played the last couple of weeks. I think he's kind of veered too much into looking for his own shot. And sometimes that bleeds into everybody else's play. And I thought the first half was like, there were a lot of one, like zero, one or two pass possessions, right? Um, and yeah, I just think you watch that and then you watch the second half where it's like they were doing a better job of hunting the right mismatches, right? Like in the first half, there were multiple times they had Brunson get a pick and roll to get a switch, but it's like, why do you want him to get switched onto Claxton? They had RJ do that multiple times too. And it's like, Claxton's one of the best big guys in the league in terms of like, as a switch defender, why are you, this is not that you've got Kyrie on the floor. You've got Seth Curry on the floor. You've got Joe Harris on the floor. Like you had Cam Thomas on the floor at a various point. You had Patty Mills on the floor. Like those are the guys you need to attack. And they did a much better job of that in the second half. I mean, RJ absolutely cooked Kyrie and Seth Curry like multiple times in the second half. So uh, I think they had the right idea. I just think their execution and who they were targeting in the first half, as well as just like their pace of play was totally off. And um, I know Randall had a quote after the game where he said like, our mindset to start the game wasn't right. I don't think I know people are going to take that as like, Oh, they weren't locked in. I don't think it was that they weren't locked in. I just think they, they, they did not, you know, you can have a good plan and just go about it poorly. And I think they had the right plan. They just went about it poorly. And then second half, you kind of see like, okay, yeah, they, I mean, you get inside constantly on that team. Like you're going to get buckets and um and they did in the second half what did they end up scoring i think they had like 66 points in the second half so um again game plan was fine to me it just execution sucked yeah i mean it, it was pretty clear overall that they got outperformed by a better you know nets team the, the a team that can distribute the ball and get the ball moving i mean they had so many open three pointers they took 12 more threes in the knicks and they made 12 more threes in the knicks and mm-hmm. what's frustrating any any touch on a lot of good points when what's what's frustrating especially is the way 
Tibbs is utilizing Grimes and quickly and RJ because he, he got quickly lighting it up. He's playing awesome, but then he takes him out at the end. I don't think Grimes should have really closed out that game. He should have kept quickly in there because Grimes wasn't knocking down those threes. And eventually he will. He's still, he's still relatively young, but quickly was in a zone. And he has been the past couple of weeks where you, you want to keep him there. You want to keep him there and not have to bring an RJ Barrett in and then take him out as a return. It's just not going to, you know, quantifiably work well. I mean, you want to keep Grimes in for the defensive purposes, but Kyrie Irving is on another level. So the second half, like you said, I mean, they, they did execute better. That's why the game was still closer, even though they were down by 36 points from the three. Um, and, you know, I, I get what you're saying about Brunson. It's very ISO heavy. What do you think should be the kind of the offensive system for, for the cast that the Knicks have? Does it, does it make sense to focus more on that ISO side and kind of try to play that hero ball in the second half? Or do you think there's a, a, a better way to distribute the ball and get other guys going? Um, look, I, I think Brunson is like if your offense is running a lot of usage through Brunson and uh Randall, you're gonna be you're gonna have a, a lot of ISOs. And like I don't have a problem with that. I don't think ISOs are inherently bad. Um, I do think that there's like you can if you want to run a post up for Randall, that's fine. But like you can do that in more creative ways than we do where it just feels like, okay, so go set a token screen and then like slowly, like kind of roll down into the paint and hold and hold your hand up. Like there are ways to go about it and disguise those um, actions a little bit more. So that's really what I would want. And then like, look, I, I know that there's been a lot of talk about like, Oh, the Knicks should trade for OG and Obi. One of the reasons I really don't want to do that is you look at that starting lineup as it is like, I don't think Brunson's a quick decision maker with the ball. I don't think RJ's a quick decision maker with the ball. I don't think Randall's a quick decision maker with the ball. Mitch bless his heart is not any type of decision maker with the ball. So like Grimes is kind of the one guy in that lineup that makes quick decisions. And like yesterday he had a bad game offensively for sure. Um, and he got in trouble because of the quick decisions he was making at times. Like in the first half, he just kept forcing drives you know, for no reason, but like, like you live with that, right? He's a second year player. He's kind of figuring it out as he goes. That's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. But like he connects a lot of pieces and he gives that off that, that group, I think a little bit more um, just ball and player movement that they would lack uh, without him in it. So I think what one thing the Knicks really need is just like, they need more, guys like him and quick who yes i mean quickly he's obviously like he, he can be on ball and create and we know that about him too but one of the reasons why he's so good when he plays next to like you know consistently through his career even going back to college he's always been good playing with uh another high usage guard right uh maxi at college rose his first year rosenberg's like i mean rosenberg's his first two years really um and then this year obviously with brunson and it's like because he can do both and he's good at like okay making an extra pass getting a getting the ball attacking a closeout those type of things um not he's not as quick with it as grimes is in terms of the decision making but i think that's also because he has more he has a broader skill set like he's just flat out a more skilled offensive player so he has more options um they need more guys like that to kind of like make things flow and i, I mean, honestly this is why like it's really frustrating for me how they use Obi because I think Obi is probably maybe, I mean, I think he's like their best connecting player in terms of just like 
there's a, when he's involved offensively, there's a much better flow to things. Um, and you'll see the ball move side to side and there's a lot more movement going on. Uh, I think the Knicks get bogged down a lot of times where it's just like, you know, they go to one side of the floor and then the ball just stays there. Uh, they've got to do a better job of shifting defenses and moving the ball side to side, making defenses work. Um, like, you know, again, Brunson and Randall, they're super talented offensive players, but like you're making your life harder by just not really using everybody on the floor. Um, and, um, you know, like, look, I don't know how good Jericho Sims is offensively, but like, I wonder if there's more to what he can do than just kind of be the Mitch in the lineup. Like, you know, we've seen him bring the ball up the floor. Um, there've been like some short roll passes that he's made that I think have been pretty impressive, like, but we don't lean into that much. So, uh, you know, could he help? being a little bit more involved than he is. I don't know. That's a big risk. Obviously I literally, I can't say that for sure, but you know, you want to explore some of this stuff and like, you know, it's just really frustrating. Like the OB thing for me, I keep going back to it, but it's like, that's the probably the most frustrating thing for me is because I do think he offers something that we need, but Tibbs, he doesn't view him as anything other than a four and he doesn't like playing him and Randall together. And that's frustrating because it just limits his time significantly. And it feels like the moment he's not perfect, he comes off the floor. And even if he is perfect half the time, he comes off the floor. So it's like, right. <laughs> you know, I, I would just, I do think like, look, we're playing, we're playing Brunson quickly, Grimes, RJ, a ton of minutes. And we have two wings in the rotation. One of them being Grimes, who is like an inch taller than quickly. Um, so calling him a wing is generous. But like, I I would like to see Obi at the three. I I genuinely I look maybe it doesn't work, but I think it's worth a shot. And I do think like there are definitely matchups. You know, we played Toronto. They had a front court. What it's like Barnes, Siakam, and Precious. Like, why can't you play Obi at the three in a matchup like that? Um, so those are probably just kind of like broadly what I think the Knicks need. And um, like the Knicks need wings too. Like obviously they they for sure do, but they have two first round picks in this upcoming draft. Like. I don't really think they need to be trading significant value to go get a guy like OG, who is a nice player, but one, I think adds to the kind of clusterfuck that is their offense at times. And then two, um, you know, he's going to be expensive, like both in asset cost. And then after next year, he's up for a new contract. He wants a big contract because who the fuck doesn't want a big contract. And, you know, we see how these contracts are going in the league. Like, I wouldn't really be interested in that. I don't think you trade the value that Toronto's looking for unless you think OG is some kind of like finishing piece to your team to put it into contention. And like, I, I'm pretty high on this next team. I, I think they have a lot of talent. Um, I do think offensively it's underutilized uh, a bit, but like, I'm, I'm not of the opinion that if they get OG all of a sudden now they're a contender, you know, like that's not the level of player he is and that's not where the Knicks are. So um, I'm more interested in like taking those two draft picks. There's a lot of wings apparently in this draft, adding that to the mix and um, seeing where this team can go. Because again, like I think they've found an identity now um, with these young guys mixed in with Brunson and Randall uh, and, you know, kudos to Randall for bouncing back uh, from whatever the hell was going on with them last year. <laughs> and I like, like Hartenstein's actually looked pretty good last few games. Uh, it looks like he's got his athleticism back. I don't know. I know he had a sore Achilles to start the year, so maybe that was something that was really fucking him up. 
Mm. Um, I like what Sims did yesterday. I thought Sims was really good. And Mitch is Mitch. And I have some hangups with Mitch, but he's been really good this year. So, like, the Knicks are in an okay position. Do I want to see them do anything aggressive? Not really. Um, you know, like, maybe I would consider doing, like, oh, can you get Gary Trent Jr. for, like, a protected first? And then would you be willing to pay him because he's a free agent this upcoming offseason? Yeah, I, I'd do something like that. I don't know if they will. I don't think they will. But, like, other than that, I'm not really focused on anything other than just, like, dumping Cam Reddish for a couple seconds and moving on with my life because I'm so sick and tired of hearing about Cam Reddish. I don't give a shit about him. No, nah, man. I mean, that's a little too reasonable. We need, we need like, another, like, big trade, a big swing. Like, LeBron overdue his return to MSG, <laughs> the CAA reunion that we all know is in the works. Like, the Leon Rose and the LeBron connection, That's that's got to come back, right? Like, that's the move we need to see, right, Schwinn? No? Yeah, I don't – I think the people are, like, addicted to trades, man. It's so crazy. <laughs> like, I don't understand. The way they're like, covering the Rihachimura trade, it's as if they've never seen, like – it's like they're, they're, like, latching on to any single piece of – and we don't even yeah. play Obi. Why would we exactly. want Hachimura? Like, I don't understand that at all. Like, let's, he doesn't let's... add anything to this team. And it's like, man, I just, I, I think people have just completely fucking lost it with this team. It's like, look, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not of the opinion everything is perfect. You know, I don't love tips. I, my pin thread is like, my pin tweet right now is a thread on like why I think they should probably move on from tips. But at the end of the day, like, what, what exactly do people like? It's like, oh, like there are people that like rehash. Like, I, I have to see fucking Jalen Duran tweets constantly. Like, oh, look at what Jalen Duran's doing. It's like, dude, what what are we talking about here? Like, yeah, Jalen Duran put up like he had a big game, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think a couple nights ago against Milwaukee. And it's like, okay, yeah, he had a big game. Guess what? They gave up 150 fucking points in that game. Like, what what do we think? Like, we there's you have once you you have to accept this, okay? We can sit here and talk about oh they should build through the draft and they should tank and they should do all these things and it's like that's all fine and good and I understand that mindset, but like the reality is, I don't think you get that type of rope with James Dolan as the owner. He is the owner of the team, whether you love him, hate him, despise him, mm-hmm. don't have any feelings about him, doesn't matter. He's the owner of the team. You have to try to win basketball games. I think the Knicks have balanced trying to win with developing their own talent as reasonably as best as you can. Have there been mistakes made throughout that process? Of course. But like at the end of the day, they have Jalen Brunson, who I think, I don't think he's an all-star at this point, um, borderline, maybe, maybe he gets in his injury replacement, but like, I think they've got two all-star level players right now uh, in Brunson and Randall, and they've got a bunch of young guys and that's their rotation. Like their rotation is literally a bunch of young dudes and two older vets, like 26 and 28 years old. It's not exactly super old. Um, like, I, I think this is fine. I really think this is like an okay, like a pretty good situation. And I don't know, like, I can only speak for myself, but this is more or less like all I really want the Knicks to do. Like, I don't need them to go be a contender right this second. I just want to know that it, like, I want it to feel like they're actually building towards something. And I don't know how when you watch this team and it's like the new thing now is just to like shit on RJ constantly, which like, look, I've criticized him a lot this year, but I think some of the criticism is just so wildly over the top. He's it's I unhinged. Think, honestly. I think he's like the youngest. He's the youngest player on the team still, you know, yeah. like in, or in the rotation anyway. You got to upgrade, man. It's, it's not RJ hate anymore. We're moving on to Grimes hate now. That's that's the new stuff on the Twitter. That's the yeah, new shit that's yeah. getting on the block, man. Like, 
Well, the new one is like people are like, well, he's, he's got to hit these threes. And it's like, I agree. He's got to hit these threes. But it's like, what am I like? What what kind of an analogy? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, breaking yeah, news. Player hits threes. You know, teams win games. It's good. Holy it's shit. good. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, look, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I watch this team and I'm like, okay, I see RJ Barrett. I think he's improving. Um, the defense can be better. I wish he would pass a little bit more, but like he's improving to me. I've been pretty consistent about this. I think he's made very clear strides in his game this year offensively quickly is continuously improving. Obi Toppin, I think he's the hardest one to judge because he just doesn't play. So leave that where Mm -hmm. it is. Grimes is better. Um, Mitch is better. Sims has been better. Like this, this, these seem like good things. We'll see what happens with Deuce, right? We'll see if he can ever make a shot again. We'll see if Obi will ever get to play again. But like, I mean, broadly speaking, I'm pretty happy with this. You're in the rotation right now is six guys we drafted and Randall and Brunson and Hartenstein. Like, I don't know. I, I, if, if the only thing that's going to make you happy is being the Magic or the Thunder or being one of the, or the Rockets or like, you know, one of these teams where it's just every, the, all we do is like acquire picks and draft guys. And, and I'm not saying that's like bad or good. I mean, there's good, like, compare OKC to Houston. I would say one team actually has an idea of what the fuck it's doing and the other has no clue at all. Um, but like, if that's the only thing that's going to make you happy, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, I think that's, that's pretty fucking miserable to me. For, for one of those teams. It's not that yeah. hard to find one of those teams nowadays. It's that mystery box fixation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we have all these young kids, but it, we could have different young kids with more potential. Maybe. I don't know. Well, it's, it's not like crazy we tried because that it's like people do this shit all the time. And it's like, man, I, I tweeted this today, but like, if you went and look at that, um, that 2020 draft. So that's one where we picked quickly and Obi. How many guys in that draft are you taking over quickly at this point? Like the, at max, at, at max, there are seven guys that you could take over him. And right. that is, so these are the only guys I would accept arguments for. Ant, Lamello, Vassell, Halliburton, Maxi, McDaniels, Bain. And I would, I would take quick over Vassell, I would take quick over Halliburton. I would take quick over Maxi. I would take quick over McDaniel's. Maybe um, I think that one's a little, that, that, that's like a toss up to me. I think McDaniel's is really good, but I mean, like, and even let's just, but even then, like, even if you don't take him over any of those guys, like, okay, you got the eighth best player in the draft, a, a draft that's been pretty fucking good, by the way. Um, like, you're allowed to just appreciate what you have and not obsess over like another team's talent. Because man, I remember last year, like Trey Mann had a few, like he had a really good game against the Knicks at the garden. Um, and I remember there were a bunch of people like, Oh, this like, cause the Knicks were interested in Trey Mann in that 2021 draft. Um, OKC picked them before we were on the board and it's like, Oh my God, I wish we had this kid. We don't have anybody like this kid. And I'm like, and now you look at it and like, I think, I think Trey Mann still could be a really good player, but it's like, you know, I'm just, I look at all these young guys around the league. There are not a lot of them I'm trading quickly for, mm-hmm. or like this or RJ really, or even Grimes. Like the Knicks actually have at least those three really solid young talent. Maybe they don't have a superstar, but they got like really solid young talent and they have all their picks and they have some protected picks. Like they have options. They're not locked in. And that gives them upside just based on their rotation, the age of their rotation and the fact that they have all their picks plus picks from other teams. Like this team has upside. It has options. They're not locked in. 
they don't have a bad contract really on the books after this year, other than Fournier's expiring, which like it'll be expiring next year. So like, what is the issue here? Like we, if you like again, like I, I, I really just don't understand. You want to be miserable about elements of what is going on with the team and the organization and the plan. Fine, but like to just constant like there are just people who seem constantly upset. And I'm like, the team is 27 and 24, and they're playing a bunch of young guys. What the fuck are we talking about here? We're, we're, we're two and one against Cleveland, Boston, and Brooklyn. Yeah. Despite not having our main center and, like, dealing with other shit. So, no, competing, we're, we're good. Competing for something above the play, too. Like, I, I know a lot of fans coming into the season were talking about, like, we'd be pretty happy if we just, like, you know, cruise into the top parts of the play. But it looks like the Knicks could even possibly avoid the play altogether. And, like, that's all you could really ask for, like you laid out. But um, I was going to say, you know, you're talking about OG Ananobi and whatnot, and, and you're right. Like, the way the NBA market's going, there's there's no way the Knicks should be making a trade like that, trading two first-round picks. Like, you're seeing the contract that Miles Turner got. So it's more that, like, we want to see uh, what Tibbs can do with the pieces that he has in front of him. Like, you laid out, like, the pieces in front of him are pretty good. It's just, you know, maybe mixing and matching, moving around the offense. But I was wondering, the way that – quickly has been playing and the way that Grimes has kind of been on the downtrend. Would you like to see a switch in that? Would you like to see quickly and Grimes switch in, in, in the starting lineup? Or would you think you want to keep it the way it is? No, I like it the way it is. I think you need, I think you need, like, I, I, I think quickly is a better overall defender than Grimes. I know that's like a hot take to some people, um, but I do think Grimes is a better point of attack defender and I think that's very, very specifically what that starting lineup needs. Um, obviously, it needs Mitch back too. That would help. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I think I think it's fine leaving it where it is. I th- I like quickly coming off the bench. It gives him time where he's like the primary on the floor and he gets to cook. Uh, whereas when he plays with the starters, he just plays the Grimes role, right? He's just spotting up, waiting right, for kickouts. Right. So I, I I'm fine with how it is. I think people are just what Grimes has had a shooting slump for like what four or five games or something, and now like <laughs> let it, it's fine. Like he's Great fine. News. He needs to go through this. He needs to work his way out of a slump. You know, it, they'll they'll figure it out eventually, and he'll start making open threes again, and everybody can be happy. Like I I I'm fine with where it is. I think they're they're okay. They just they 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 just need to tread water. If they can stay like two three games above 500 going to the All Star break, that'll be fine. Because Mitch should be back after All-Star break, and that should solidify the defense. So as long as we don't have any other, you know, we had that brutal stretch, right, where it's like Obi was out, and then we had a few games where, Jay, where on top of that you had Brunson and RJ out. Uh, you had these, you know, Frankenstein minutes where it's like Sims and Hartenstein are playing together. Um, so, like, the probably the the – frustrating thing is the depth isn't quite what we thought it would be coming into the season and some of that is guys declined like rose and fournier and the other thing is that guys like cam reddish um were excised from their team basically altogether because i i would bet that him and tibbs had some kind of falling out so um you know i i'm fine with the the rotation like the starting lineup the way it is and quick being the guy off the bench I do think that quick needs to be playing 30 minutes a night. And I do think that like, like the, the, again, the frustration with Tibbs is that there's such an unwillingness to experiment at all. Like, you know, yesterday is a matchup 
I actually, so I, there were a lot of people that were like, oh my God, you should go small. You should go small. I don't think the Knicks needed to go small yesterday. At least not like I wouldn't have gone small in the minutes that Claxton was on the floor. And I thought Sims like Claxton's been playing great uh, lately. And like, I think Sims did a pretty decent job against him, you know, like, did he lock him up? No, but I think he overall actually showed out pretty well defensively yesterday. And um, I was fine with those minutes. What I, what was frustrating to me is like when Claxton was off the floor, there's still such an unwillingness to go small or like when you're down eight with two minutes left and you just got to get, you know, you got to get shots up. You got to get threes up really. You still got Sims on the floor. And it's just like, those are the things about Tibbs that really drive me nuts on top of, on top of like the weird, you know, like guys play entire quarters type of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I'm fine. I think they're okay. They just need, I would love if Tibbs would experiment just a bit more. And um, yeah, and hopefully Mitch can come back sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, great points all around, but I do kind of want to go back to the OG point because I'm kind of with you. Just feel like he's the, I feel like it's been like he's been in the league for a decade just because I feel like the internet hipsters just love him. And not to say he's a bad player, but he's just like, if Kevin O'Connor is just like really like bigging you up as like the second coming, I'm almost always side eyeing that player. But as far as just like him being floated as a rumor, there was also the Grayson Allen like name that was floated out there maybe last week. I guess, what do you think about that possibility? I mean, we know he's a dirty piece of shit, but like just <laughs> as a basketball fit, like what do you think about him? And if he's not kind of the, a good acquisition to target at the deadline, what's a, I guess, a mid-level low-key kind of move that you've been eyeing or just been pondering about for, for this roster? Uh, I mean, Gary Trent Jr. is the one I always come back to. I don't know how that's low cost or what, but like I, I think, I did like a, I posted this earlier this week, but like if you look at his kind of like what if he's 24, if you compare his age 24 season to J.R. Smith's like pretty similar players, I do think that the Knicks could use a gunner like that off the bench. Um, like you look at the, the, the shots that Deuce is getting, like you get a guy in that spot who isn't a defensive sieve. Like Gary Trent Jr. is not some lockdown defender, but he's fine. He's good. Like he's, he's solid, I guess is the best way to say. Um, you know, you're not going to throw him on like fucking Jason Tatum and be like, all right, dude, just lock him up. Like, no, obviously you're not going to, he's not that type of guy, but he's, he's a fine defender. And I think the value he would bring in terms of spreading the floor would be huge. Uh, and on top of that, he's like pretty athletic. Like he's not, he's not just a three point shooter, right? Like he can get the ball, he can put the ball on the floor and attack the rim. Um, so that's probably one guy I would like, um, you know, I wouldn't hate if they could get by low and like bring in, you know, bring back like McBuckets. I think he would help us out. We really, I think we're just like one wing shooter type away from really solidifying ourselves in that six, seven spot. Um, because I do think like, I love Deuce's defense. I actually thought his defense yesterday was really solid and Kyrie made a bunch of tough shots on him. Um, but like, you got to hit shots. Like he has to hit some shots at some point. And, you know, like I, like one of the things, you know, I, I've always went quickly struggle. Like he struggled to start last year. He struggled to start this year. Um, my thing is like, he's still giving you way more than just like shot making, right? Like he can get, he can put the ball on the floor. He can create, he's a good team defender. He hits the glass hard. 
Okay, like Deuce isn't doing any of those things. So like when he's not shooting well, it really does hurt you a ton. Um, and the other thing I, I I really think having that one more shooter off the bench, I do think that would help Obi, actually. Um, I think it would open the floor up more for him. And weirdly, this is not like a knock on Deuce because it's not like Deuce is a selfish player or anything. But like, I think because he's, you know, he's a combo guard, right? In the way that quickly is also a combo guard. He has to get touches on the ball more. And in a weird way, I think that restricts Obi to like be more of a traditional floor spacer. Whereas I suspect if you replace that with more of like, a uh, Gary Trent Jr. type of guy who, yes, he's going to get his shots up, but a lot of times his shots are a lot of times created for it, right? Or off of kickouts, and then now he can attack whatever it is. It's very different from Deuce. And like, I do think that would open up the floor for Obi and just let him be more involved offensively. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, are there, is there a wing that we can get for cheap from somewhere? You know, like a guy like Moses Moody would be interesting to me. Uh, I don't know if Golden State would trade low on him. They picked him, what, 14th a couple of years ago. So um, maybe they don't want to sell low, but like I would definitely be, you know, sniffing around on some of these guys. I think Sadiq Bey is somebody who has been rumored to be available. I don't know what that would take. I don't know if that's serious that, you know, Detroit's actually looking to trade him or if they were just doing what we did with Quickly to start the year where it's like, yeah, you listen to, you fucking listen. You know, that's the job for a GM. If you're not listening, you're not doing your job. So um, I don't know, but that's a guy I would at least consider. You know, can you get somebody cheap? Like, I wouldn't hate Eric Gordon if you're just giving up a second round pick or something and expiring, you know, Rose's expiring contract and Reddish. That would be fine. I would be cool with that. Um, I don't like, I, like, Eric Gordon is very much a Tibbs player uh, with his shot selection and just kind of how he plays. But like, I think him and Quick would be really good off the bench together. Um, so is that something you can do? Those are those are probably the ones. I I also wouldn't hate trading like if you can do like Fournier and Rose just straight up for Gordon Hayward. I would consider that. I think obviously Hayward has a huge injury history and probably has questionable voting practices. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, I would. I think he would be. I think him and Quick would be fucking awesome together off the bench. So. Those are probably the guys that have, I've thought about, you know, being valuable additions more than, more than, whatever. But I mean, just look at the names I listed. This trade market absolutely sucks, which is why like a guy like OG is getting mooted as you know two unprotected picks or whatever the fuck it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, Masai's on crack. So what you're saying <laughs> is that you don't want to trade the boat for Zach Levine or Demar Derozan <laughs> or Vucevic. I don't know if I could. I don't know. Schwinn seemed like the type, man. He he kind of seems like a Zach big Levine. Demar guy. Yeah, big I, Demar Derozan. Oh, like, I, wrong, I Demar Derozan for ten years. I don't know if there's like a guy I would hate trading for more than Zach Levine. Like mm. just <laughs> such a dumb player. You get like uh, who's that guy? Ball don't stop or something. Ball don't lie. He, he'd be like the biggest Knicks fan after that. He's a hooper, you know. Levine. He, he was the one that said he's better than Giannis, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh I think that guy's just a very, very oh intricate social. He's not. Player. He's not repping the South Asian community. <laughs> not at all. We don't claim him. Bro. We don't claim him. <laughs> but I, Schwinn, I mean, this has been a lot of fun. Um, but you know, to be honest, we kind of wanted to get this fluff out of the way, this basketball talk, and just hit hit on this like main kind of topic of discussion. This is the real meat of the episode. 
What's the best Sopranos character and why is it Polly? Like, oh, <laughs> Polly, no, man, the best is Ralphie. Ralphie's the best Sopranos character. That guy adds so much juice to the mix. Hkks, because I, I think uh, Polly Walnuts is uh, undefeated, but uh, you know, co- compare him to Polly for it for us. I mean, look, well, Polly's awesome. There's no bad character in the Sopranos, so you can't really go wrong picking anybody. Um, I just think Ralphie's he's in him for what two seasons, and mm-hmm. like. He, he feels like he's in it for six. He feels like he's there the whole time. Uh, I mean, there's all these different things he introduces to the show are crazy, right? Like he ends up being the one that he gets, he's in, responsible for whacking Jackie Jr. Uh, then you got the whole joke thing, which like, <laughs> which somehow lasts, that's like an entire season's plot that causes a fucking war between the families. And, you know, that he's got his whole uh, interesting sexual deviant thing. uh you one know word. That, one word the, for it. that stuff he's doing coke in tony's bathroom you know he's he kills a fucking hooker outside oh the my God, right yeah he, he killed the horse too don't forget that one yeah yeah he killed the horse that's his last act he doesn't admit it but he clearly did it um it's there's and he's just uh, he's he's a horrible person he's he's like probably the worst person in the entire show which is incredible because all of them are terrible people um but he's he's horrible like and the best part is you actually feel bad for him when his son gets you know whatever it goes oh with God, yeah. but like within an episode you're like this guy he kills a, he kills the horse right he's like dude all he's still doing all this evil shit um yeah he's i i think ralphie's awesome uh as a character and- I, I will say his interactions with all the other characters also makes him so much more like remember when he puts when he's giving the money to tony and tony got the fucking hand out he's just like keep giving me more fucking money <laughs> like oh, you just yeah. see his face oh my god like- well that and then like there's the one where he has a. Uh- when he has Vito call him and pretend to be Tony when he's doing <laughs> oh, with, with Syl and uh, Polly. Yes, yes, Pro yeah. move. Pro yeah, move. That's that's a great one. You know, he's got the whole thing with Valentina where he's just uh, that everything about that guy is just ridiculous. He they all every and then he he has the one with Polly, right? Where he where they, they have the sit down and he's like, You're late. And he's <laughs> like, Well, tomorrow I can be on time, but you'll always be stupid. <laughs> I, I think you convinced me. I don't know about you all, but yeah, that was a solid case. <laughs> What's y'all verdict? What do you think, Mo? Ralphie? Polly? Polly. Polly for me. Yeah. Unconvinced. Okay. I don't know, man. I, Christopher is too classic, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the shit he did with the FBI informant and, and his and his girl with Adriano, when he's like, she's coming on to me. Like, oh my God. And then. When, when he's like, yo, it's so clear as day. Like, you don't see it. I thought he was going to be like, yo, she's an FBI informant. Like, it's so clear. And he goes, she's a dyke. Oh, my God, bro. He's so <laughs> fucking funny. Like, yeah, it, I think it, I think Faye's still halfway into this show, right? He's still got like. I'm on, I'm on the end of season five. I'm on the end okay. of season five. All right. We, we, should, we shouldn't wait in any more waters then. I don't want to spoil it because <laughs> it's your first watch, right? Life changing. Life changing. Yeah. I watched all the other like big, big bad shows, you know, Breaking Bad, you know, The Wire and all that. Everyone always says Sopranos. And I'm not going to lie. First watch through. It's it's been better than all those shows. Um, yeah. It's it's like easily like I'm not touching it. Yeah, it's it's, it's never it'll never be touched. It has everything like the comedy in that show is is classic. Like it's timeless. Like the Uncle Ben opening the cabinet. Like oh my god, man! I I couldn't stop laughing at that. <laughs> I, am I a bad person for laughing at this? Like 
Even little shit like Uncle Junior when he's in like the 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 group home, the facility, and they're like doing the activities, arts and crafts for the holidays, and like one of the aides is like, Corrado, why don't you make a a, a turkey? And then uh, Junior's just like, for Christmas? Fucking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> I died laughing for like ten minutes straight. <laughs> Anthony never had the makings of a varsity athlete. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a classic. That is All right, Mo, classic. we're having too much fun. Take us home. <laughs> All right, Schwinn, well, thank you. We really appreciate you coming on to our show. Uh, we love everything about the Strickland. The work that you guys do yes, is, is yes, second sir. to none. So for our listeners here, where else can they follow you guys and, and check out the Strickland? Uh, yeah, you can follow um, follow me at Poo on Twitter. You can also follow uh, the Strickland at the Strickland on Twitter. Uh, we also have an IG, so that's at the Strick.land on their YouTube channel. If you are not subscribed, please subscribe. It would be a big help for us. We're just trying to get to a thousand. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, check out all the work at the website, the strict.land again, um, articles, pods, ton of pods. Uh, we also have post game shows that are hosted by uh, Tyree, Sam and Jeff. Um, so I, you know, check all the work out. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, and yeah, pod Strickland, all there's a draft Strickland that's prez, the uh, prez hosts that. So, um, yeah, follow us any of those places. Check out our content, and um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, make sure you guys do that. Make sure you guys follow Strickland, follow Schwinny Poo, and uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter, Nickish NYC, and subscribe to our podcast on all podcasting platforms. And check out our website, Nick Dashish.com. Cop a hoodie, cop a crew neck, and a snapback. Where to your next Knicks game? Uh, until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.